Welcome to the Gary Talley Podcast. Gary Talley, founding member of the Box Tops, fun stories from Memphis music and more. And now here's Gary Talley. Hey, this is Gary Talley with the Box Tops, and I'm going to do my second podcast. I'm going to tell you about our Box Tops trip to England in 1969. Uh, We were really excited about going to England. We flew over to London, and just being in the London airport was so cool. Um, we went to a hotel on Bayswater Road. It was called uh, the uh, Park Court Hotel, kind of a small hotel, and uh, it overlooked Hyde Park, which I'd always heard about, and it was so cool to see all the people walking in Hyde Park. It was a beautiful, beautiful day, and so um, the rooms had the old radiators in them, and it was a uh, it was really cool, and the the girl at the desk called everybody Ducky. I like that. You want to see a movie, Ducky? Anyway, she was nice. She I forgot her name. She took us around to see some bands and stuff. Uh, so we were going to do this tour of England, and uh, we had it all set up. <clears throat> the uh, promoter was a guy named Arthur House. And he was a well-known promoter, promoted a lot of big shows in England. So we were there a couple of days, and then we took took cabs over to this schoolhouse, and we were supposed to rehearse and check out the equipment we'd be playing on. And we go to the schoolhouse while it's still in session, and there's all these little grade school kids running around. We go to the basement of the schoolhouse, and there's this reggae band from Jamaica called King Ollie and the Raisins, and uh, we were supposed to use their equipment, their um, amps and drums and keyboards, so their equipment was just horrible. It was, um, they didn't even have a guitar amp, they had a, a PA amp that they were using for a guitar amp. Um, the drums looked like something you'd buy your kid uh, on his eighth birthday with a palm tree on the bass drum, um, like a toy set of drums. The keyboard <clears throat> looked like a <clears throat> little toy organ, and but there was a big Leslie cabinet, um, big wooden Leslie cabinet with a revolving speaker in it. And every time the speaker would go around, it would bang against the side of the cabinet. It sounded like an old washing machine. It just go thump, thump, thump. Anyway, it was just horrible equipment. And we tried to play on it. It was just a disaster. It sounded awful. So um, we had a band meeting, and we, we talked about it and said, oh, my gosh, we'll, um, we'll never get uh, a good sound with all this stuff. So we decided we were going to cancel the tour. Well, first we decided to call the promoter and say, look, this is not what it said in our rider. We wanted either Marshall or Fender amps. Anyway, so we called the promoter, or our manager called the promoter. We, Of course, there were no cell phones, and it took a while to get in touch with our, our manager, Roy Mack, back in Memphis, and he called the promoter. Anyway, so this guy, Arthur House, says, no, we're not going to get you any amps. You're going to have to use the opening X equipment. So we said, 
well, we're not going to do it. We're going to cancel the tour. Um, and so we had a band meeting, but we looked around and our bass player, um, Harold Cloud, was um, gone. He had left in the van with the reggae guys um, to go down to um, Ipswich, which is our first gig. And uh, the reggae uh, <laughs> the reggae guy's van was just... Um, well, it was uh, full of smoke. Anyway, uh, so we um, lost Harold, went back to the hotel, and Harold never knew why we didn't show up because he, he went to the gig in the reggae van. Um, and uh, so we didn't play, and we decided, well, we're over here in London, so um, let's just stick around a, a week or two and... Uh, have some fun because um, we'd never been there before and uh, so this was like I said it was in December um, pretty pretty cold but not um, we had some sunny days which is nice um, so we just kind of explored London and uh, I ran into a couple singing in the subway station which they call the tube and uh, they were busking which actually means they were just playing and singing uh, for tips. And so um, it was a guy named Bobby Shaw and his wife Susan, and they were singing uh, I Shall Be Released. And we had just recorded that. And so I stopped and I started singing the harmony part. And um, we st got through with the song and we started talking and you know I told him I was with the box tops and we were in London for a while so it turns out that Bobby and Susan Shaw had a record deal uh, uh, one record um, and they were going to do finish it at Abbey Road Studios um, and they asked me if I would play guitar on it so I had a Gibson SG at the time that I was playing and uh we went to Abbey Road Studios, which is EMI Studios, really. It's not called Abbey Road Studios, but it's the one on Abbey Road. So um, we did this song. It was in, I was in Studio A, which is the really big studio. And then there's another couple of small studios. And the big studio is where they did Day in the Life with the orchestra and everything. So I knew the Beatles were recording there. And... Uh, I went and sat in every chair in the whole building just so I knew I was sitting in the chair that the Beatles had sat in. And there were little red telephones out in the studio. Instead of hearing a talk back um, through the phones, that's how they talked uh, to the engineer was through these little red telephones. I thought it was really interesting. Uh, anyway, so I put a guitar on this song called Clockwork Man and um, it got up to about number 30 on the British charts um, but just recording at Abbey Road Studios was amazing and I don't even remember the name of the producer or the engineer but it could have been somebody that was kind of famous at the time I didn't remember anyway I don't remember their names wish I did um, 
anyway, so while we were in uh, London, we went and heard a band. I think it was called the a place called the Orpheum, um, a, a band called Coliseum, and Ainsley Dunbar was playing drums. John Mark Allman was playing sax, and uh, he's one of those guys that played two horns at the same time. And um, the band's name was, I said that, Coliseum. Uh, anyway, they were great. And uh, also, we went to hear Delaney and Bonnie in a suburb of London called Croydon. And uh, it had been rumored that uh, George Harrison and Eric Clapton were both uh, going to sit in with them that night. Anyway, so we we went to see them. We knew Bobby Whitlock, who played with Delaney and Bonnie, because he's from Memphis. But we didn't go backstage and try to meet him or anything. We just heard the concert and went home. I wish we had tried to go backstage. Anyway, um, so... We're still uh, in London with nothing to do, so Swain Schaefer was playing keyboards with us. And uh, when Swain and I would go out to eat, and he couldn't understand the English waitresses, and I would have to translate for him. Um, and uh, we decided to go to Paris. Swain and I were going to take a train to uh, Dover, Dover, and we took a, a ship to Calais, Across the English Channel, it was kind of kind of rough seas that day. Actually, kind of stormy. So we got to Paris, and we stayed in a little place called the Hotel Cluny on the West Bank. I forgot what street it was on. Uh, anyway, um, so we did a lot of sightseeing around Paris. You know, went to the Eiffel Tower. I spent a lot of time in. Notre Dame Cathedral taking pictures of the gargoyles out. Um, it w They were just fantastic looking. And I climbed up these stairs uh, and went as far as I could go up there. Anyway, I took so many pictures uh, in Notre Dame Cathedral. And when I went in there, there were a bunch of monks doing a chant. Uh, and it was very um, almost eerie, but it was a I can't even describe the feeling to hear those guys do that chant. It was beautiful. Anyway, um, so we had to catch a train. Uh, Swain and I got separated, and um, I remember it was real cold that day, and I was wearing two pairs of pants. It was so cold. Um, and um, I got back to the hotel, and I realized I had to hurry up and get to the train station. So I got on the train. I didn't see Swain at all, so I didn't know where he was. Um, I got on the train. I get to Calais, go through customs, and I discover that I don't have my passport. And so um, I was going to have to go all the way back to Paris, and now it's already in the evening, um, and get my passport. And I realized I had left my passport in the hip pocket of the extra pair of pants I had had on and I had taken them off and left them in the hotel room. Um, so we had something to do in London the next morning. We had a, a meeting with 
somebody, anyway, somebody at EMI. So I had to get back to London before the next morning. So there wasn't a train on the schedule going back to Paris, and I was really upset. And this this old man comes up to me, and here's yet I'm trying to get back to Paris, and he says, at midnight there's going to be another there's going to be a train that's going to be going to Paris and it's going to pull in the station at midnight and it's going to be a black train with no markings on it so I thought well that sounds pretty mysterious so sure enough I waited till midnight and here comes a black train with no markings on it so I get on it discover it is going to Paris I was paying my train fare and then I realized I was going to have to fly back to London because I um, I had to get there by the morning it was already uh, in the middle of the night so um, I went uh, back to Paris I got in a cab and I had my new camera with me in a, in a camera bag with all the lenses so I start to go up to the hotel. The cab driver motions to me, leave that, because he thinks I'm going to skip out on the cab fare. And I went, oh, no, he's going to drive off with my new camera. Anyway, so I decided I had to go get my passport, so I left my camera. I go up the steps to the Hotel Cluny, and right at the top of the steps, the lady that runs the hotel is standing there with my passport in her hand. And uh, I said, mercy, and I kept my passport and ran back down the stairs. The cab was still there. So um, we went to the airport, and I told the guy to go really fast. I forgot what it was in French. I don't know. I looked it up. Anyway, so we get to the airport. I don't have enough money to tip the guy. Um, I'm counting my money, and I'm coming up short. I've got to buy a plane ticket, so... He's mad at me for making him drive like crazy and not tipping him. So I, I didn't know how to explain to him what was going on. Anyway, so I um, got up to the desk, uh, and I was like maybe 10 or $15 short of having the money for the plane ticket to get back to London. So I had my, um, I had these Italian loafers on, and so... I found a guy standing in line there, and I sold him my Italian loafers for 10 or 15 bucks, whatever it was, so I'd have enough money for the plane ticket. So I got on the plane in my socks and uh, finally flew back to London. So I got to London. Oh, this is maybe 3 o'clock in the morning or something. Um, I got a cab, and I told the cabbie I didn't have any money, and I was going to have to go in the hotel to get some money uh, to pay him. And he said, okay. So he took me back to the hotel. I ran up and knocked on somebody's door. I think it was Cleve, our road manager, woke him up, of course, got a little money, paid the cab driver, and uh, that's the end of that. Now, we had a really good time in London. It was just before Christmas. We we flew back to Memphis by Christmas. Uh, but that that trip to London had so many cool things about it. I'll, I'll never forget it. It was one of the 
most eventful trips I've ever had. And uh, but we didn't get to play, um, and we never did ever play in England. Thanks for listening to the Gary Tally Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to subscribe to us in your favorite aggregator like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and on Alexa. And also visit GaryTally.com. Gary gives Skype guitar lessons. He has an online course, and there's going to be all kinds of new things that you're going to want to know about that Gary does in the music business you're going to love. So visit it at GaryTally.com and share us on Facebook and in Instagram. So till next time, this is Mike Stewart for the Gary Tally Podcast. Yeah.